Thank you for joining us in our study of the book of Genesis, entitled The Origin of Reason. Do I have to believe these things in order to be a Christian? I will add very quickly that there are those who will jump up and adamantly slapping their knee, roll their eyes and shake their heads and say, oh yes, oh yes, of course they do. Indeed, most certainly. Now, by these things, I mean, must I hold to the idea of a six-day creation, a young earth, the fall of Adam and Eve, the entry of death and suffering? Must I believe Genesis is literal, that it is a historical narrative, and that it's accurate? Do I have to believe this in order to be considered one of the particular few? Read what Scripture teaches. It says in Acts 16:31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved, and your household. I fully agree that the easy belief concept is not found in Scripture. By easy belief, this is the idea that we just need to give a nod to Jesus, ask him into our heart, and everything is going to be just fine. This isolates one portion of the gospel while it ignores the fuller presentation. Belief, we are told, is all that is needed. This is a half-truth, which in the end is no truth at all. If I knew you were looking for a red car and I had one to sell, and I told you all about the red car that I had, but I failed to tell you that it was a real junker and it was worthless, would I be helping you out? No. I would be telling you a truth, a truth that you wanted to know, and indeed the car is red, but is that enough information for you to make an intelligent decision regarding the purchase? Obviously not. The fact of the matter is that a half-truth equals a whole lie. We're not trying to sell a concept, and I'm not hoping that you buy into my ideas and become part of my particular group, and that you join me in my way of thinking. I'm trying to communicate truth, and therefore must consider it in its entirety, and present it properly and fairly. It is clear that the biblical teaching shows us a man must believe in Jesus Christ, that he is God in flesh, that he came, he suffered, and died on the cross. He was then buried, and on the third day he rose again, literally, physically, from the dead. This is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. The New Testament goes on to explain, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's in Romans 9, verse 10. That is what Scripture teaches us. And I agree. Jesus put it very clearly and very simply when he told Nicodemus in their meeting one night, you must be born again. A man must repent of his sin. He must change his mind about God and sin. This repentance is not a suggestion. It is a command. God commands all men everywhere to repent according to Acts 17 verse 31. Jesus iterated this in Luke 13 3 and verse 5. In his first message to the public, Christ cried out, repent and believe. So is this enough? Repent and believe? Or should we become seminarians, and should we embrace all truth as presented, and know all doctrine, before we can profess ourselves to be Christian? Did the jailer know anything about creation prior to his conversion? Paul and Silas did not insist upon covering creation in their explanation of the gospel. As they spoke to the man, it is safe to assume he did not even know about the idea that the Jews put forth. Many believe he was a retired soldier, and if this is fact, he was a man committed to Rome and to Caesar. While Rome promoted religion, they held to many gods and had little concern about the insignificant Hebrews who were tucked away in a small little country in their isolated belief systems. Did the Romans have a solid working concept regarding the creation or the teaching of Moses? No. They held to an established idea of the origins of the universe, that is true. But these ideas stood in stark contrast to the teachings of Moses. This Roman guard knew what he had been taught regarding these things, but he knew nothing of the Christian God or the Christian teaching regarding creation. Yet it is very clear that he came to Christ in repentance and faith. Was he born of God? 
Yes, he was. Someone can come to Christ with a sincere faith and have no knowledge of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. They can have no knowledge of the Bible at all. And yet they come to understand that Christ died for them. They take hold of the truth that they hear. Personally, personally, I did not have the benefit of any biblical teaching like this when I came to a saving knowledge of Christ. I had never considered creation prior to my conversion, yet I was born of God. And I knew this to be the truth, a reality. My life had changed. I had a minimal understanding, and by no stretch of the imagination did I have a fuller grasp or did I understand how to embrace the grace of God. I didn't understand the history of creation or anything regarding down doctrine. That came as I matured, studied, and grew in my faith. Christ told us that when the Spirit of God comes, He would lead us into all truth, according to John 6:13. He then goes on to say in John 17 that God's Word is truth. This is an incredibly slippery slope that lands a person in great difficulties related to unbelief should he or she reject the teachings of the Word of God. If one should accept liberal ideology which declares the Bible is lacking in some areas, they will miss out on the fullness of this salvation which God has provided for this life. Is that possible? Yes, that is possible. Upon moving to my new location where I presently live, I was attending various churches and asked several people what was a good church to attend. The largest church was a very popular church. My wife and I visited one Sunday in order to hear how the preacher taught and to ascertain where they stood on biblical truth. The pastor was a liberal thinker. His stand on the Word of God was that the Bible contains the Word of God. By this, he was saying the Bible does not contain the whole Word of God. Parts of it, bits and pieces of it, are indeed the Word of God. This is a liberal view and a liberal understanding. Should an innocent man come to Christ and begin to sit under this teaching, his understanding and his maturity level as far as spiritual growth is concerned will be greatly limited. Genesis is fundamental and provides foundational teaching for all who are to follow Christ. Disbelieve this and you will have tremendous difficulties in understanding the balance of what God has to say. This will lead to an extremely shallow faith and will leave the heart and mind exposed to doubts that are sure to come. Also, it will be a revocation of the truth. The evidence of Christ in you is the presence of the Spirit of God leading you into all truth. If you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you have no part in Christ, according to Romans 8 verse 9. Skeptics will mock. Liberal teachers, atheists, and the like will come and bring bags of doubts and questions to any and all true believers. A person who has no grounding in the Word of God will be in for an intellectual and spiritual roller coaster ride. He'll be subject to many, many difficulties. In issues of faith, they will stumble, falter, and fall. Their faith may become shipwrecked due to a confusion of conscience. I've mentioned theistic evolution in previous studies, an idea many never have considered before. And many say, what difference does it make? It is a teaching that is widely accepted. Pope Francis, the head of the Romanist Church, embraces Darwinian evolution as well as the Big Bang Theory. Pope Francis said to reject the teaching of evolution is to make God out to be a magician with a magic wand able to do anything or everything. That is not so, he said. Pope Francis embraces and promotes the idea of evolution as he leads the largest religious organization in the world, the Catholic Church, which represents over one billion people. But to answer the question, do I have to believe the teachings found in Genesis in order to be a Christian? The simple qualified answer is no. The longer answer is no. But the Lord through his spirit, according to his promise in John 16, 13, 
will lead us into all truth. Jesus himself said, your word, which are the scriptures, the word of God, is truth. If you belong to Christ by the new birth, the truth will be interrupting you daily. Truth begins to shine in the mind of the believer. The mind is what governs your actions and thoughts. The Spirit of God will not reject you and cast you out due to ignorance. However, he will lead you into scriptural truth if the individual has truly been converted. Initially, the jailer being our example, you do not have to believe these things in order to know Christ. You do not even have to know about them in order to know Christ. Do you have to repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Indeed, you do. Seek Christ. My recommendation would be look for him, call upon him, cry out to him, come the way he suggests, search the truth like you would search for gold. Then, when you find it, embrace it and never forsake it. However, to come to Christ, he calls us to come, but nowhere are we instructed to have a seminary degree or to be doctrinally pure prior to our coming. No, the fact is, the vilest of sinners who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. And it's the truth that leads us into freedom and to understanding. And it helps give us a footing as we walk forward in our search of the origin of reason. I want to thank you very much for joining us today being with us in this study. Your participation is well appreciated, and I hope you receive something of benefit. Come back next week and be with us as we study again the origin of reason.